0: Welcome back to another episode of the Seek Outside podcast. Uh, today I am joined, my name is Dennis, I am joined by Brian Webster, uh, the programs manager for BHA and also the Colorado and Wyoming chapter coordinator. Um, we are recording, again, just outside of my house in the park, um, so Kevin is not here today. We're using an actual kind of podcast setup, so you might notice a little bump in audio quality in, in all of those things um but brian how's it going man
1: doing pretty well appreciate you having me on dennis thank yeah, you
0: yeah and so we're um we both live in grand junction right and, yep. and you kind of coordinate colorado wyoming chapters uh from grand junction in in all of those parts and in recently maybe maybe not so recently i guess um are now also a programs manager at bha um what, what does that mean
1: yeah so uh BHA we've got uh, three programs that fall under that umbrella, uh, the first of which is the uh, collegiate program, and that, that program right now is uh, really focused on uh, building out clubs and colleges and universities across the country to really engage the uh, next generation of uh, sportsmen and women and to really give them a foundation so that they're conservation-minded sportsmen and women. And so, yeah, really working to get clubs together and the leading projects, trying to give them opportunities to, to stand up and advocate for the, the, the places that they care about, the public lands, waters, and wildlife that BHA is working to protect. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a really great program. We've seen some really great efforts come through that collegiate program uh, last fall for the uh, uh, public land pack out that we always put out um, for Public Lands Month in September our uh, Utah Collegiate Club ended up winning that competition. They did a a great job, brought out, uh, collected a a bunch of garbage off our public lands. And uh, so that was a really cool thing to see them just take the lead and run with. Um, Another program that we've got is our Hunting for Sustainability program. And that is uh, uh, basically our R3 programming. And for folks that might not know what R3 is, it's recruitment, retention, and reactivation to really, uh, really help uh, make sure that we're uh, bringing in new hunters, keeping the hunters that we've got, and uh, re-engaging those that, that might have gotten out of it. And so Hunting for Sustainability has been a, a really fun program to be a part of. Um, we actually have uh, a couple years running now, just uh, south of us down in uh, the North Fork Valley, um, have hosted a, a weekend-long seminar um, that's basically targeted at adult hunters who are wanting to maybe or adults that are interested in getting into hunting that's never really hunted before and really like having an immersive hands-on experience um sleeping in wall tents getting out and actually doing some uh some gis map and compass work um and we actually uh harvest uh a doe on one of our chapter leader adam gall's property and uh he uh, he sort of leads that whole weekend along with his wife, Anna, and they're fantastic hosts. And uh, yeah, I mean, take the participants, everything through sort of our, our conservation history, giving them a sense of um, where we've been and where we're at, the importance of the North American model of wildlife conservation um, and management. And uh, we, uh, we take them through Leopold land ethic. And then really, I mean, the great part is when we harvest that doe is a, offer a hands-on experience for folks to to really help field dress um and sort of pack out i guess the only couple hundred easiest pack out of their lives (laughs) a couple hundred (laughs) yards back to adam and anna's uh shed which is uh, effectively their their meat processing center and uh, anna used to be a professional um butcher and so she is a great teacher and uh give everybody a opportunity to d- really learn a lot um and i've learned a lot actually just being in those rooms sure, myself. yeah, yeah. So sounds like sounds like it yeah you know? so it's it's been a lot of fun and we're we're grabbing people from again some of our coll- uh, collegiate members um some college-aged folks along with folks that are interested in getting into hunting and fishing for the first time and so it's a we're grabbing a really good group of folks from all over the place in the state and uh the camaraderie the relationship development that occurs um and then i think some of the the uh what we see following those kind of efforts where folks are staying in contact and you sort of see mentor mentor mentee sort of relationships form it's been really cool but um yeah the the hunting for sustainability program is a lot of fun we offer a lot of different modules from butchering clinics to um learn to turkey hunt learn to elk hunt i mean we're building out a small game module in the 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 effort there is to sort of create a a cookbook, if you will, for how to host that type of event and get that into chapter leaders' hands who are interested in leading this. Okay. And uh, so that they can have everything that they need to run a successful event and and engage folks who want to get more involved and and, uh, participate. So so so
0: that's in um, that one's hosted here in Colorado, and that's something that the Colorado chapter does.
1: Well, so that was uh, an, we did one last year and the year before. So yeah, in Colorado. But I mean, that's a that's a program that I mean, wherever there's interest, we'll try to plug in that uh, uh that uh, an iteration of that program based off of the needs and circumstances of, and the the uh the resources that are available to those chapter leaders that are interested in in running it. But okay. yeah, I mean, we can. This thing is ready. It's scale It's ready to be scaled up and sort of plug and play. Put anywhere we wanna, uh, we wanna go with it. So that's the fun part. Um, and we've done it in Montana, Wyoming, a number of different places. There's a uh, butchering clinics that have occurred in a, a lot of different chapters as well. So okay, yeah, it's it's fun programming, um, and it's really informative programming. And I think it's also very approachable, um, which is I think important is to. Try to eliminate the intimidation factor as much as possible, so folks coming in are are having fun right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And and what more fun than to only have to pack out a couple hundred, a couple hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, but we're,
1: but, you, but you get that
0: you get the experience, right? You, yeah. You, you learn like okay, this is how you strap it on. You know, put it on a pack or, or whatnot. Yeah. But um, it's not a torturous uh, dark hole where you gotta.
1: <laughs> right uh 12 miles each way or something you know um, exactly yeah, so it's enjoyable yeah. shameless plug for you guys i uh I, I had folks uh pack out with my seek outside pack and uh yeah nice. yeah yeah nice. it was yeah oh so they had a really good time Yeah, then. they did yeah. it was yeah it was light as a feather um, <laughs> yeah rode real well but uh yeah it was a uh, it, it's a fun program in our last program actually we uh we just launched um and we just hired um for this position i think all three of our coordinators for these positions, or for these programs, are all excellent. And so, I mean, that's that's one thing I'm really happy about. But this program is really going to, I think, launch in a big way around uh, the 4th of July. Um, but it's our Armed Forces Initiative. And our, our Armed Forces Initiative is really geared at engaging and supporting our Armed Forces community. And uh, within the scope of our, our mission at BHA, to really, really... Uh, help cultivate a community and 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 really give some sense of agency um over uh, over the work that we're doing and really um building out opportunities for members of our armed forces community to really get involved with bha and really take the reins and run with it um and do some great programming and so we've got i think we've got some um events are that are in this sort of infancy stages right now that we're hoping to get out um things with uh covid got a little bit sidetracked Mm -hmm. for all of us and so um but yeah we've got some good programs come or good events in that program coming up and i think that that program right now our, our coordinator um morgan mason is uh really pushing forward right now and building out the program getting some um folks on his sort of advisory board and uh I think we're we're heading in a, a really good direction really quickly, and I'm really excited to see where that one takes us. Okay. Yeah. okay. And you said somewhere around July 4th maybe yeah. people can
0: find more information
1: on that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, we're going to be doing a lot. I mean, really wanting to make sure that we're helping to, um, yeah, bring programming that's, A, going to be like, like that is R3 programming essentially, like help folks that are moving that are – active duty that move from base to base to base to community to community to community make it easier for them to understand the the regs and the opportunities and the access in those those places create a community that is North America wide where folks can just say hey I just need to tap in here and here's my resource to know how I can I can just get out and utilize these great places and opportunities right outside my new my new home um, I think we're going to be doing a lot of installation work too. We're working with some of the installations to uh, to provide some programming that will be fun and engaging to help try to recruit folks in and get them active. Um, and uh, we'll also be doing some cultivation work in terms of advocacy uh, and education work around some of the legislation that we might be seeing here down the road um, in a bit um, that are um, going to be beneficial to public lands and active uh duty and uh veteran members within the armed forces community Okay. So,
0: yeah when when you talk about um kind of these adult uh, adult maybe first-time hunters or, or adults you know um who have never hunted who want to get interested in hunting um, do you find that once they once maybe they do this kind of immersive course which is you know i mean man i, I wish everybody could probably do that, right? Like, there's probably things in there that I've never seen done um, in all of that. And I'm by no means an expert on anything. But uh, do you find that they become really, like, positive spokesmen for kind of the hunting, um, the, like, hook and bullet community, I guess, that way? You know, are they bringing in um, – do you find them telling all their friends and now their friends are signing up for the next year, that, that kind of thing? Or – or do they find the community and then kind of stay within the community? I guess you know. Um.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's an excellent question, and I think, I, I think the answer, I mean, that I have seen is, in, in a large part, yeah, I think that that sort of compounds that the folks that are are participating in these programs are really interested in um, keeping engaged with the other participants. It almost creates these sort of cells of of folks that are getting in at the same time because that that support network when you're getting in as a new hunter is critical and knowing that there's other people that are at the same stage as you are that you can lean on that have shared a common experience together i think that's that's really important and so i mean we do try to to foster that and create that space and to support that space for that that to happen one of our participants this last year um remarked to me that I mean change happens at the speed of relationships and another one of our participants mentioned that um, that I mean the our our relationship as mentors and mentees is honestly going to be what dictates the success of new hunters getting in and I and I think that I mean just to underscore there the importance of those relationships and so I do think that we do spend a lot of time trying to create that space so folks organically are just reaching out and creating their own networks Mm -hmm. uh, while they're getting out but i think too we do try to provide some formal opportunities to get out and to to at least provide resources and um, opportunities to get engaged with our hunting for sustainability program long term whether that's as an r3 leader um, or joining one of our our like our Facebook group for hunting for sustainability or um, yeah joining calls or what have you I mean we do try to create those opportunities and we do have a lot of virtual events going on right now um, that are basically learn to hunt and X species essentially um, I mean and trying to try to provide that same content to folks that are getting into it mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Yeah, it lacks a little bit of that important person to person touch or feel that is important for that relationship development, but I think it does allow for that, that learning and a sense of that, that community to still come through. Sure. Yeah.
0: And I, I would imagine those Facebook groups are fairly powerful too for people to communicate Yeah. Um, and, and kind of talk to each other. I know um, – I know, like, at Seek Outside, we have a very active Facebook group where people can ask all kinds of questions, post up their photos, and, you know, they don't have to ask us, right? They can they can ask their their community, as it were, so, you yeah, know, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and there's power in that. You see folks come up with answers and uh, resources and that that you would never think of. I mean, and it's it's great to know that you have a hand or a part in seeing that grow, and it's great to see it take its own shape and form, too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, as as far as kind of things coming down the pipeline, uh one of the big things so it is uh at least today when we're recording this June twenty fourth, um and the Great American Outdoors Act is all anybody, at least in, in our group anyway, uh, that's talking about and, and really getting fired up about it. Yeah. Right. And it had just uh just passed through the Senate last week. Um and then maybe we've hit some roadblocks this this week, right? Um it's been less than seven days i think or so uh can you kind of talk to talk to that like w- what's going on in the house uh as far as the great o- great american outdoors act goes yeah sure
1: happy to i mean and i think too i mean yeah this is extremely exciting i mean we I, I think all of us in our own lives use a lot of superlatives i mean and talk about how great and amazing things are i mean this but this truly is landmark legislation i mean this is incredible, and people have spent their entire careers in this arena fighting for this. And it is, we are on the precipice right now. I mean, to have permanent reauthorization secured this last year and now fully dedicated funding on the immediate horizon is beyond exciting. I mean, I know that I've run into you on one of our trails here in this community. Um, that was funded by LWCF. I think we've all accessed public lands and waters that have uh, that were uh, uh, made accessible through acquisition projects through LWCF. I mean, it's touched every county in the United States. It's a huge package, and the Great American Outdoors Act not only provides that fully dedicated funding, it also provides a lot of funding, too, to, to uh basically address maintenance backlogs that have just been stacking up for years now, which is really important. And so we're really excited about it. It was great to see it get through the Senate um, with so much support and so much enthusiasm like you spoke to. I know our members are extremely fired up about it, and they should be. Um, this, I mean, this would be the biggest piece of legislation um, that we would see probably in a lot of our lifetimes, um, um, just regarding its potential impact. Mm. Um, and I think we're we're really hoping to keep this momentum moving forward. Um, And I think it's really important that we keep the pedal to the metal. I I think there's so much going on. Every day you tune in and check your social media feed or your news feed and there's something new and big and and important happening in the world. And I think uh, right now we're hearing that um, the Great American Outdoors Act might not be – uh, getting much attention um, in the house or uh, uh, votes until later in July um, and so I mean in that in and of itself is not a problem I think the, what we want to do though is make sure that we keep the push and the momentum up so that it remains a priority it remains at the forefront of all of our representatives minds I think right now we have something like 441 co-sponsors right in that area and I think I mean there's a lot of folks that are on the fence. Um, I mean, and I mean, we want to make sure that, I mean, all of our members, everybody that's listening, I mean, I would just urge and plea like a call to action. Please, please call your representatives if you can. Um, and maybe do it weekly. Like, I mean, a little bit of that nudging and a little bit of that thorn in the side. I mean, that does make a difference, honestly, and it's two minutes a week. And if you make that call, ask them to support it, ask them to, pass a clean bill um so that it, it doesn't uh, get amended that we're passing what was passed through the senate essentially um that would be leaps and bounds that would be an amazing thing that we could do that would really give this a fighting shot because um it being at the end of july i mean there is fear that it will lose momentum and if it loses momentum there is no telling when we would have this opportunity again um so it, it potentially could get tabled for maybe years
0: at this point absolutely if it if we lose momentum it could could get tabled could get changed yeah could get amended maybe maybe it's not full funding at that point or something something happens so
1: yeah people have dedicated their entire professional careers towards getting us to this point and it has not been an easy battle. I mean, imagine that, years and years and years of this. And, I mean, that's that speaks to the difficulty of where we're at and the opportunity that we have. And I think, I know we're all very busy. There's a lot going on in our lives right now. But, I mean, two minutes a week, I mean, call your representative, urge them to co-sponsor, support a clean bill. Uh, that, that is a huge huge action um, and that would be very very helpful how do people um how do people figure out
0: who their representatives are if they don't know like what's what's the easiest way
1: yeah yeah i mean great question uh there's a lot of different uh ways to go about that i mean we try to make it pretty easy um backcountry hunters and anglers um, if you go to backcountryhunters.org has a take action tab and the first action that you see when you click on that tab will be the Great American Outdoors Act and if you click on that it will basically take you to a uh, uh, a field, a drop box, a, a plug in your address and it'll tell you exactly who you can call. Um, okay. And it's got a lot of information about the Great, Outdoors, or Great American Outdoors Act right there so I mean and I think just asking again uh, ask your representative to support passing a clean bill and uh if they're on the fence about co-sponsoring or just make the ask ask them to co-sponsor sign on as a co-sponsor and support a clean bill okay so yeah
0: um so lwcf uh and maybe we can dig into a little bit of the history um has been around for a while right like it has been around for a while like what is different about you know i mean when i hear full funding right that means it's getting full funding it's getting all its money yep what has it historically had or, or do you have any idea like um, you know, it, it has touched maybe every county in in America. We have places here that you and I frequent that have been paid for by that. Um so there, there has been money flowing through LWCF for a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Never fully dedicated funding and this would be 900 million 900 million annually. Um and so it's fallen far short of that. Um um for the vast majority of its existence and okay. so i mean it's one of those deals too that i mean this, uh, this are royalties from offshore oil and oil and gas production and so i mean this is things that are not costing taxpayers dollars to do this either i mean this is it's great to it's a great program that again like from parks like the park we're sitting in to trails that are connecting communities and getting folks outside to acquisition projects like just south of us like the Gunnison Gorge um, getting into some of the best fly fishing in the west down there and that some of that access was made possible by LWCF I think you go up north down up to Steamboat Springs um, outside of like Sarvis Creek Uh, There's some great access there um, that is also was made possible by LWCF dollars and so the more money the more funding that we've got I mean the fact that we don't have to spend so much energy every year like trying to defend its existence like it's not going to sunset like we don't have to continue to try to like argue for its worth because we know what its worth is it's proved itself over and over and over and over again. And so that was great to get that. And now to actually be able to, f- like, fill the coffers and really, like, get the fully dedicated funding, I mean, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really beneficial to a lot of communities. A lot of communities really benefit a great deal by these, these dollars, whether that's creating open spaces. Those are draws. Those are draws for folks to come to that community, to visit to that community, to live in that community, to bring their business to that community, and so, I mean, I think that LWCF dollars can be great um, in that sense, too. And, I mean, I think for all of us that love to get into the backcountry, I mean, having that there to know that, hey, there's there's more funds now to really uh, e- expand and sort of protect that, that access to a degree to help mm-hmm. get us out there. I mean, I think that speaks to all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. So
0: Yeah, it seems like it's, it's worked out very well at the minimal funding that it's got. Yep if we can get it fully funded, imagine all the things we could do. Absolutely. Right? yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I encourage everyone, you know, I'll echo you like, please, please give them a call. Let them, let them know what's going on and, um, tell them BHA sent you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, kind of sticking on that conservation thread or, 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 whatnot. Um, there was a, a win here recently in Colorado, Southwest Colorado. We had, um, we had an allotment retirement and and for people who kind of want to learn more about what that means. And and we'll dig into that a little bit too, but we did do a podcast with Terry Myers, um, Rocky mountain, bighorn, um, society. And he talked about allotment retirements and what that means for protecting the bighorn. Um, and, and then we had one actually recently that, that got retired. Can, can we talk about that just a little bit? And like what that looks like?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I mean, I, I think, uh, a lot of credit to Terry. He's been a outspoken, an outspoken leader on this for a long, long time. And uh, the Colorado chapter of BHA, um, really Dan Parkinson, um, our one of our Southwest uh, regional directors for the chapter, um, has been working really closely with Dan and a bunch of, or with uh, Terry and a bunch of other uh organizations that have been working on this and it's 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 again one of those uh issues and efforts it's um taken a lot of years to get to that point but and i'm sure that terry covered this but uh, i mean uh, i mean there's a uh, a lot of um issues with uh um and challenges facing our, our our bighorn populations in colorado and across the west um and 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 one of the primary issues is uh transmission of a movie and uh and and the i mean the science is in it's clear there's no question that a lot of that transmission is occurring um with through the interaction of domestic sheep and 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 wild bighorn populations Mm -hmm. and so i mean anything that we can do to uh try to um limit uh boring bighorn and uh sort of stray sheep interactions um I think all the better and I think that that so I mean and one of the biggest thing is that that spatial distancing that geographic distancing like making sure that they're not cohabitating in that same piece of land I mean and I mean there's more to it we'd like to see than that but I mean that that's one of the biggest things right there the biggest yeah the, the biggest components of that is that that interaction that close proximity and so um, there's a lot of uh, 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 there's sheep allotments and Uh, throughout the west and and, in in what has been uh critical and uh historic bighorn uh ranges and 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 we have seen a lot of those populations uh, those bighorn populations uh struggle um here and and definitely recently as well and so i think it's great to see the um folks coming to the table and working together um to see that allotment retired and i think that um is hopefully something that we can see happen elsewhere as well, and I mean it takes a lot of work, and I mean, I mean these, it, it, but it is it, it's a big win for bighorns. I mean it's it's definitely I mean having I mean the womenooch down there. I mean having that that area. I mean is critically important. I think that's I mean those are some pure Colorado native bighorns down there, and so it's great mm-hmm. to see. It's great to see that um, we we are gonna um, have like a threat like they're um sort of mitigated moving forward um through that a lot specific allotment retirement and and so i'm really excited to see that and i i think that for folks that are wanting to get involved um and wanting to learn more about that program, there are active uh, Bighorn monitoring programs um, throughout the state of Colorado. BHA is expanding that program um, and would like to get that program throughout the state where there are Bighorn populations. And, I mean, when you're out there hitting the trail, whether you're scouting or um, just going for a hike, hitting some high mountain lakes to go fishing, I mean, I mean, if you're going to be in that country, I mean, just uh, there's a... Uh, you can check out the Colorado chapter uh, BHA page at backcountryhunters.org. And we've got a, uh, a bighorn sheep monitoring sort of program um, through the chapter that gives you all the the guidelines and uh, the, the application that you can use. But it's really easy. It's as easy as Onyx. You basically take a picture, uh, like, capture the, the G, uh, GPS coordinates there. And, it, I mean, if you're seeing Bighorn, if you're seeing domestic sheep, log in that, and that all goes into um, a basic, like, data bank that is going to allow us to sort of collect data points on where those interactions um, or those uh, the, that crossover might be existing. Sure, so, yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, and, and um, I know there was an article in a BHA journal a while back that Dan had written yeah. um, that was really good about talking about his monitoring program down there in southwest colorado um but yeah for for people and we'll put a link to that so you can find that in in our show notes um very quickly but um it's super easy right it's just if you if you see a bighorn and you happen you're going fishing you see a bighorn take a picture document it real quick um kind of that citizen scientist work um, that is going to inform the state as to what's going on um and it what's really important and Terry touched on this in our in our previous podcast is if there's if you see domestic sheep and you see bighorn sheep, documenting that as best you can. Um just just so they have that data, right? Um and he, he touched on that a lot. If there's documentation or even like a thought that they have come in contact, those bighorn sheep are usually uh euthanized and, and taken out to try to protect the herd. Yeah you know, exactly. so they they need to know that information so they can try to protect because it's it's so um it it's so easily transferable um this disease and and they're so gregarious that they just kind of nose each other they do exactly what needs to be done right they, they come and they sniff each other's nose they pass this thing on um and it spreads uh like wildfire uh through, throughout and can really wreak havoc on those populations so um, definitely something you can do and, and definitely something people coming from out of state right absolutely um, when they come out of state they want they're hunting um any part in colorado um they could they could be a part of that program you know if they're elk hunting bow hunting um in the fall and they happen to see these things they can document that stuff um and that would be super powerful um for for us here in, in colorado or um, maybe for Dan, I guess, more than anything. That's <laughs> yeah.
1: a great call to action, Dennis. And, yeah, I really appreciate you doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and the long-term implications, too. I mean, the um, of that, we've seen that a lot of those sort of satellite populations have struggled for years after that, that contact to really um, – reproduce and to to i mean to maintain their 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 current population so you really appreciate you making that call
0: yeah yeah and and again people can find more um our, that podcast that we did with terry was great i'm not going to know any of the science he knows all the science behind all the stuff um but it was really eye-opening for me um it really taught me a lot about what was what was going on in, in those populations so yeah. um yeah really really cool stuff um Another thing going on here in Colorado um, is kind of this state trust land expansion, right? I know uh, we gained, gained some last year, and, and can you kind of talk about, I guess, maybe what what that state land trust is and, and why maybe we can't access it, right, and and what happens and, and how um, BHA is helping kind of the state recognize these areas that could be used for um, kind of hunting and fishing?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's a, a great question. So, yeah, i mean state trust lands or state lands um i'm as some listeners might be well aware are a little bit different than uh like the public lands like that a lot of us are used to getting out to like from like b l m or forest service um and uh, the state state lands are uh, they are held to help uh generate income for the state for essential uh government functions primarily. And so a lot of them are revenue generating. And I mean, you look across the West, state to state, and uh, each state has handled those differently um, in terms of access, but you have seen that primarily and especially here in Colorado, access is anything but guaranteed on on state trust lands. Again, they're they're income generators. Their their primary function is to bring in revenue for the state. Um, and,
0: and how I guess how how are they doing that? Is it is it um, are they managed for uh, forests and they're able to come in and kind of cut cut forests and m- make money that way? Like like how um i guess if you had to say you know like how a majority of the colorado state trust lands are making money
1: yeah i mean great question and there's i mean there's a slate of different activities i think a lot of that is uh through agriculture um and agricultural production i think um, some energy production as well and i think i mean i think those would be big buckets there and i think um, and, and, and that's one of the things too, is that, um, trying to figure out how to expand access in a way that, I mean, continues to, I mean, help generate, uh, revenue for the state and, I mean, figure out a path forward where, I mean, we are, I mean, expanding access to folks and, uh, uh, that are maybe living, I mean, a lot of our state trust lands are on the front range, like east of i-25 and the i-25 corridor and i think that i mean oh, that's also where a lot of our population is and so i mean i think expanding access to some of that is a great opportunity to encourage folks to spend more time getting outdoors and so that's mm-hmm. one of the ways i've been looking at it is almost from that r3 perspective is if i mean folks have access in their backyard they're more likely to spend more time outside um and uh, yeah i mean this has been a hard fought for uh, uh for a number of years to expand, uh, hunting and angling recreation access on, on onto our, our state lands. And in last year, um, the, uh, the, uh, CPW commission, uh, state land board, um, worked really hard to help make that expansion possible. We've, for a long time, we've had access to about 500, 400, 500,000 yeah, about 480 to 500,000 acres of state trust land, and we're going to essentially be doubling that in the next couple of years to about a million acres of state trust land, which wow. is fantastic. Um, and, I mean, so that was about 100,000 acres last year. I think we're looking at about, like, 210,000 acres this year. That brings us to, I think, 770-something thousand acres of uh, of, of of state trust lands throughout colorado um where we're going to have expanded hunting and fishing access i mean i think a lot of folks um out east are probably looking at some of the uh, pronghorn opportunities that might be expanding but i mean maybe some whitetail opportunities that might be expanding but i, I think it's a great thing for all of us and there are going to be properties throughout the state um where where i mean we are going to see some of this expansion in our own community so i think really excited about that and i would say i'd encourage folks to um keep i mean to thank your uh, cpw commissioners um when you have a chance i think we want to encourage them whenever we have something like this that again has been fought for for years i mean i I think it's really important to thank our commissioners for, for and and your staff if you have relationships with them i mean for for helping to make this possible and the land board i mean this was this was there's a lot of things to work out, and I think uh, I mean it was great to see everybody come together to find a path forward. And I think we want to do everything we can to to show our appreciation, and when we're getting out there, to be really respectful stewards as well, because a lot of these places too are going to be under like ag production, and I mean we want to make sure that I mean you sort of um, I mean respect the rules um, and don't make it harder for whoever the lessee is that might be having an, uh, like doing, uh, agricultural work there. So, I mm-hmm. mean, like, I mean, yeah, just making sure that we're not leaving trash that, I mean, we're not leaving gates open. Like, no, yeah, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, just be good stewards. Um, and I think i uh, just be good neighbors. I, I think that's going to be really important so that we don't create conflicts and put any of this into jeopardy. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Just, more access, right? Like
0: yeah. we're just we're just talking access, more more land. It it exists, right? It's yeah. public land, yeah. um, and now we're we're gaining access to it, um, which which might convince some of us to head out east, yeah, right, and, and yeah. maybe get a whitetail tag one of these years, exactly in, in Colorado. Um, cool. And th- There was another thing that we had talked about maybe just just before we had started recording, um, and it kind of brings us back to um, to the three R's. Um, and, and that's kind of this this bear hunting program that that you guys are launching um in and, and tell me is it is it live right now or is it something people are gonna look f- look for that that's coming up
1: yeah it's so thank you yeah. um yeah it's gonna be uh we're running a we've gone virtual um, <laughs> <I> mean, with <laughs> everybody else yeah, yeah i mean and uh yeah fully embraced zoom and all the other platforms um but yeah right now we're really trying to focus our attentions on providing content to our members on uh on I mean for things that I mean we're all like would like to learn more about um and bear hunting is one of those i mean we've got uh an event coming up on Thursday this week that's uh, basically got a bunch of BHA chapter leaders um, That are going to be sharing their thoughts and tips and strategies, tactics on elk hunting and scouting um, with uh, uh, with folks. We've got we had a really good one um, with a a panel of experts um, uh, on turkey hunting this April. uh, A number of folks with um, NWTF that, that joined as our panel panelists. And that was extremely informative. One of our participants actually went out the next morning and got his first turkey, like, uh, using, using using the tips and tasks, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I actually logged some of the, the, the tips too, and they helped me this year. And so, uh, um, but, uh, so, I mean, that was great. I mean, I think this, this elk one will be uh, really good. I think what I'm interested too is providing content for some of the, the areas that don't get as much attention um we've got uh a really good partner based on the front range named spencer Milner, and he uh he's doing a foraging uh sort of three-part series for us here that's going to be kicking off and taking place in july and it's basically everything from I mean just plants to mushrooms to I mean and the last one will be them utilizing that um, in the kitchen and showing the different way they preserve that or like are going to be using it and so that'll be a really cool one I mean that's one I'm interested in yeah. and I've always wanted to learn more about Yeah, and then the bear one for me man and that one's in it's very it's in it's infancy stages but I'm really excited to try to get this thing off the ground before um, by like mid-August I, I, I mean we've got Uh, exploding population of bears in colorado Mm -hmm. i mean and i think all of us that hunt colorado got our hands on the rags whether they were digital or like printed out in our hands and saw that that bear paw um and i mean all and the incredible opportunities that cpw are making available for all of us um, to really encourage folks to get out and hunt and i think i think there's a um some level of uh uh not hesitancy but i I don't think folks get as amped up about bear hunting as they do obviously about chasing bulls in september Mm -hmm. going after Mm -hmm. big mountain muleys and i think uh and i think that i mean a lot of folks myself included like tend to get a bear tag um and put it in their hip pocket um and focus primarily on uh on whatever whatever it is that they they're intending to get out there, sure. primarily elk. And sure. so I and, and that I guess um,
0: touching on that bear paw too for people that are maybe going to come hunt Colorado this fall or whatnot, and and what that means is, if you happen to get you know if you drew a tag or you're going to get an over the counter um, elk or, or deer tag here in Colorado and it has a bear paw, you can add on a bear tag. Um, I don't know if it's 40 bucks or it's cheap. It's really yeah. cheap. Um, but you can just add on a bear tag with your license. Um, so it's in, in when you open, like you said, when you open up the regs this year, pretty much everything, every unit um, has a bear paw uh, yeah. it, on there uh, because we do have a, a rising population. There's parts of Colorado now. Um, you know uh maroon bells wilderness and stuff where bear canisters are required they're they're starting to get more um uh, more bear aware i guess you know because they're having issues they're having to move bears um way more interaction with humans um uh, maybe than than have been in the past uh yeah so the, the the numbers of bears in Colorado is is very very high um but yeah anyways just just touching on that real quick um i mean that's that's usually what i do right like if i and I just have a bear tag, um, it's fall, I'm probably carrying a bugle and a bow around yep, <laughs> chasing, exactly. chasing, uh, chasing elk. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not high on the priority list for sure. Uh, and, and I would say maybe there's some, like, uh, you know, I, going back to the virtual stuff, I know at the Rendezvous, Clay Newcomb had done the bear yeah. uh, seminar, which I thought was really good. Um there's just not as much information out there, too, or it maybe it's, you know, something I haven't looked into as much, um, but it seems harder. Um, you can't pattern a bear. Right. They're not, and, and that was something uh, that I kind of learned, too, um, from Clay's seminar um, at the rendezvous was they're low density. right? Yep. There, there might be one for a square mile would be like, would be high density bear. That's a That's not a lot right? When I could find a herd of elk, uh, 70, 80, a hundred strong. Um, and then, and then all of those things. So, yeah, I mean, it it is hard. And, And so, um, going back to that virtual stuff, have you guys been doing more of that? Uh, just like, it seems like you started maybe almost before kind of this whole COVID thing, shut everything down. Um, and then the rendezvous was really good. I thought there were a lot of good seminars in there. Um, is that something that you had a lot of participation in so it makes sense to do that for people
1: yeah i mean I, I think yeah i mean i think covid really forced our hand and i think i mean providing digital content for folks to be able to meet folks where they were at has been a a priority for us it's something that we've been intending to do more of um and i think that yeah covid forced our hands i mean it really um Made us emphasize that a little bit more, a lot more honestly. Yeah. and I think I mean, for the foreseeable future, too, I think that we are gonna be doing a lot of virtual content. and uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's I mean, it's been great. I mean, for the uh, we've learned a lot. I think that I mean, definitely experienced some uh, technical hiccups along the way. <laughs> um, like uh, i'll I'll just bring it up, you know, I'll just bring it up. I think, Kevin
0: uh beat <laughs> beat Ty Stubblefield. double field tie we'll call you, you out we'll, we'll have to do a rematch sometime we'll never know <laughs> but yeah a little bit of technical anything anything like this right where you're trying to broadcast to thousands of people uh live in different parts of the world like yeah you know you're going to have technical difficulties right uh, oh man
1: yeah i mean that screen went black we thought kevin blew away it was gusting <laughs> out there um was he in yure was that where he was <laughs> Yeah yeah, yeah 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 it looked like he was about to blow away um yeah. No, I, I I don't know, man. Yeah, i I uh yeah, everybody team tired, Team Smugglefield. He wasn't getting a lot of love there. So it was, <laughs> whether it was stolen or not, it was good to see him get a victory. Get a win, yeah. yeah. Um but you know, it's been it's been fun. I mean, and I think we're gonna be doing more. I think we've got some fun stuff um coming down uh here soon. But yeah, I mean and, and just going back to that bear one real quick, I mean I think that I mean my hope is to I mean, I think for a lot of us, is just my hope is that we make it exciting or, like, get folks sort of amped up to, like, really, I mean, if they get into some bear sign, like, maybe to make it a little bit easier for them to totally shift gears and give them a little bit more knowledge or insights that they can bank um, at, that will help them hopefully be successful in that. Because, I mean, even if I do, and I have done this, like, come across some pretty fresh bear sign, I just... <laughs> you I, motor i yeah. motor right past it like i mean i am just not interested you
0: notice you're like
1: oh that's fresh yeah yeah like right it's on its heels away. still yeah. steaming yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's like nope <laughs> i'm going um and so i i i just think i mean it's one of the things for me is like this is where we can be really like helpful um in the management of our our wildlife i mean this is obviously a rising priority for CPW. I mean, they're creating more opportunities. Yes. And so, I mean, there is that aspect of it as well. I mean, I think which is, I mean, sort of that feel-good component and sort of, I mean, I think that's important for us to be reminded of that. I mean, when we're out there that there is a strong, I mean, we're managers at that point. And, and I think that there's a great opportunity there. And I think that there's a lot of, um, <laughs> I, I think, fear around like how to use uh the meat i mean and how to use how to how to uh, how to uh, i mean actually process and cook bear and I, mean, I know folks are worried about trichinosis and mm-hmm. and i think that there are some great recipes out there there's some people that are doing amazing things with it and i think we want to try to highlight some of those folks and some of those things so that folks are like oh wow this this is exciting and i mean could be i mean that could be uh uh every year i mean that's. A great way to put some more meat into your freezer so mm-hmm. yeah so I mean for that one I think we're really excited and yeah just going back to your larger virtual emphasis and push on the behalf of BHA I think we're testing out a few platforms I think that Crowdcast platform that we used for Ronde I think we're ironing out, ironing out some kinks and I think we're planning on really running with that one moving forward really liked the audience engagement we get in that chat bar out yeah, there and yeah. so yeah I mean I mean, we miss getting out there and meeting folks in the bars and, and in the field and doing work together and sharing a beer together. And I mean, I, I, we miss that community. I think all of us really miss that. And uh, so, I mean, we are really looking forward to the days when we can do that again. And mm-hmm. until that point, we're going to figure out everything that we can to. To continue those relationship development or that relationship development and to uh, continue the conversations. And we are starting to do some work projects. Um, We've got some fence projects lined up here um, outside of Meeker here in uh, western Colorado coming up. um, That sort of is in line with some of the migration corridor work um, trying to eliminate some of the barriers uh uh, for movement there and make um that 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 movement easier um Mm -hmm. for the elk and mule deer populations i was talking to the our uh, our our contact out there who's leading this for us and uh, there was 200 head of elk out right on that area where we're going to be removing some fence so it's going to be great to help do that we've had a couple projects already completed in wyoming so we are still doing some like small groups outside sort of like we are right now sure um trying to get folks out there still to put some good work out there i think and that's a a good way to feel like we've got some control in the world right now and can do some good work yeah absolutely yeah yeah.
0: um you know you had talked about this this uh maybe this pure gold turkey seminar right that helped this gentleman shoot his first turkey and, and all this stuff can you find that on BHA? Like, is, is it something you can access and, and where, you know, I'm asking for myself. Where yeah. do I find that? Yeah, right. yeah. so uh,
1: I, I am in the process, and we will get that up. But it will be on uh, probably a uh, chapter page at this point. We're still trying to figure out where it's going to live. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I at this point, email me. Um, my email is Webster at backcountryhunters.org, and that's Webster like the dictionary and I think, uh, I email me and I'll, I'll fire away the content to you right away. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, we've been recording all of those and, uh, uh, we're just trying to figure out cause we've got more and more coming, like how we want to get this out to our audience and where it's going to live. And so, uh, um, but that that's coming soon. Okay. Yep.
0: Okay. Cool, man. Uh, all right, Brian. Uh, Man, I don't, I don't have any more questions for you today. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, coming over and uh, hanging out with me in, in the park next to my house. <laughs> we're gonna call these the the park sessions. Uh, I like it. We're gonna hang out. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Where, uh, you know, you just tossed your email address out there. I'll, I'll send that yeah. to people like. Um, where can people find maybe more information about some of these programs? Is it just going to be BHA's website or, or whatnot? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, for our uh, for all the chapters, I mean, just click the chapter page. But then for uh, the programs, it's going to be under the uh, About Us section, and you'll see the Programs tab there. And you can click on each of those three programs, the Armed Forces Initiative Collegiate Program or our Hunting for Sustainability Program and sort of see what we've got coming down. Um, you can also see... V- we're uh a lot of our virtual events we're throwing those live on our page too so click the event section to see if there's anything coming up and uh i mean they're virtual so i mean if you're in delaware and you want to tune in like please do but uh um yeah there's uh we're trying to make this as inclusive as possible for folks wherever they're at so
0: yeah awesome uh well again thanks thanks for coming on nice to have you and maybe we'll uh we'll go fishing soon yeah we should yeah, yeah.
1: appreciate it dennis <laughs> thank right. you yeah
0: Hey, everyone. Real quick before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. And if you've been enjoying our conversations, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcasts at seekoutside.com. Thanks, and have a great day.